Welcome to the Racisms Podcast. We're your hosts, Jazlyn and Lisa. We decided that this world could use more cross-cultural conversations that seek healing over division, understanding over ignorance, and a better world overall. Welcome back to the Racisms Podcast, where we have cross-cultural conversations to make this world a better place. I'm Jaslyn, co-host of the podcast with Lisa. Hello. Today we're going to finish up on our discussion about friendships throughout the years and our friend circles and how they affect how we view the world today. Some people say college is the best years of your life, but I don't agree <laughs> with that at all. <laughs> I don't keep in touch with any college friends in the no India. college friends you know i mean if they're listening i'm sorry i'm just being honest here we i mean i had friends in 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 class and we keep in touch on facebook probably more than the friends i met through that christian group i was a part of but i mean i think we you know we got together and we liked one another you know, we had the the faith connection, but like, I mean, you think you think just having your a common faith makes you close friends that are able to talk about stuff? That's that's not true. So, I never connect, and I, I do not keep in touch with many of them because what what do we have in common now? You know, not much. We don't live in the same place anymore. We don't go to the same churches. Um, yeah, so I feel like I just I feel like I I passed through college, you know, I got through it. Didn't really have friends in school because I don't know. I don't know why. I was in an engineering school. There was definitely a lot of Asians, whites, few blacks. Um not many Latinos, I don't think. But I don't know, I just felt really like like, none of these people can be my friend. I don't know. I just, I felt fine not having any friends in college. <laughs> Which That is interesting. That's so strange. Where did you go to college? I went to Drexel University in Philadelphia. So you stayed close to home. Tell us about that, Lisa. Well, I stayed close to home because two reasons. One, I was trying to be a dutiful Asian daughter. Uh, which is very, being a dutiful child is very important in the traditional Asian culture, Chinese culture, I'll say Chinese culture. And so I was trying to be a dutiful Chinese firstborn daughter and stay close to home in case my parents needed me for anything. Um, and second, they had a awesome co-op program where I could work and get paid for six months out of the year and then go to school for the other six months. So yeah, that's mostly why I stayed. And I and I love Philadelphia. It's a it's a big enough city that's not too big. Uh, you know, it's very commutable. I could commute there easy, very easily. So that's why I stayed. So did you stay on campus or did you stay at home? I lived on campus for the first year with a wonderful friend from high school. She was ta- oh, no, she is Laotian. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to say Thai. She's Laotian. And uh, so we keep in touch on Facebook. Um, and 
But we didn't like, I mean, I didn't. I'm not going to speak with for her. But I didn't like make friends with like the dorm, like the people down the hall in the dorm. You know, um, I wasn't into like the college life, you know, drinking and partying and stuff. So I, I kept to myself. We kept to ourselves. You know, we ate dinner. We ate, we, uh, we ate our meals together. We worked out. We went to class. And, you know, I didn't need to make friends with the white kids. There's a lot of white kids, I feel hmm. like, in the in the dorm, in my dorm. And so after one year, you moved back home? Yeah, just more cheaper, you know. Didn't right. have to pay. I mean, for, understandable. That's, yeah. I only lived 30 minutes away. So I didn't technically, I mean, I think they made freshmen stay on campus hmm. for the first year. I don't think they do that anymore. But, you know, I enjoyed living on campus, but... I, I I was fine because I think my friend also started commuting too because she was from the same neighborhood um, as in, my high, in the high school. So we all just commuted in and it worked out. I still spent a lot of time on campus. People thought I lived there. I didn't. Uh, yeah, and I saved money, which was also important as a dutiful daughter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How about so you? Do you think mm. if you if you had gone to a school outside mm. of your your home, you know, of outside of Philly, maybe further away, you couldn't commute, you know, back to your your parents' house. Mm-hmm. You think you would have made more friends? I mean, that's very interesting because you know, even though I lived on campus. Um, I think I still went home on the weekends so I could attend church because those like those were the people I kept most in touch with like consistently and I like became a youth leader at my church. So yeah, I had already like a built in network, you know, at home. So yeah, maybe I didn't feel like I needed to invest in people in class because I wouldn't have time to hang out with them anyway because a lot of people lived on campus or they lived uh, at, in apartments off campus, you know? And, like, if I couldn't hang out with you, why would I, like, bother? You know, we can be friends, like, project friends, and we can share notes and stuff, but, no, mm. I didn't hang out with a lot of them outside of class because I didn't feel like I had time. Mm. Yeah. So were you in any clubs, any activities? Mm, just the that's just that Christian um, student club. And we did things like, I think we met on an evening night and on weekends we would do stuff like go visit like con- like Christian concerts or something. Uh, but other than that, I didn't do music. I didn't do sports. I think that's what about it. engineering clubs? Engineering clubs? No, I, I went to a Society of Women Engineers club and they were very clicky and didn't seem to want to accept any new members. So... I did not return after the first meeting. Mm. So, yeah, no, not a whole lot. Well, I was there for the education, not for the experience. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, no judgment here. Yeah, right? I mean, I got what I paid for, and now I can have friends. <laughs> and now you can live your life. <laughs> yeah. Not that I have a lot of friends now, but okay. Right. You, okay, your it's turn. It's about the quality. Right. Quality over quantity. Quality, that's our motto, right? All right, you, you go. Me go? Oh, about my college experience. College experience. Well, yeah, Lisa, I had more friends than you, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's a feat because, you know, I you know historically, I don't have a lot of friends. Mm. Uh, 
but I'm happy to know I have more friends. <laughs> I'm glad I can do that. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I have more friends in college. Mm-hmm. I do still keep in contact with, you know, some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in clubs. I'm a club. I'm a clubby person. You are. Yes. yes. I like doing things in groups. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I liked, you know, color guard and orchestra. I, you know, I hated practicing my violin by myself. Mm. It was the worst. <laughs> like I don't want to do this where's everyone else and I hated practicing color guard by myself that's probably why I was never that good Mm -hmm. but when in a group it's fun Mm -hmm. so you know I love clubs Um, I was in a lot of clubs in college including engineering clubs I was a part of um a homecoming club. Oh wow, that's like real. Put on events for a homecoming. Yeah, dang. It's like wow. it's introvert, like literally planned the biggest homecoming dance they'd ever seen. Wow, I was not interested in that at all. I mean, I didn't really dance. I just was like, <laughs> we should do this. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and can you talk a, a little bit about like the racial makeup of these clubs? Oh, what school did you go to since I told you? I went to University of Maryland, College Park. Ah, nice. Mm -hmm. And my strategy there was I didn't want to stay in state because I don't really want to see any of my high school friends. Oh, okay. (laughs) Shoot. Okay. I wanted to get get far enough away (laughs) where that was less likely. Be a new person. not too far. Did you want want to be a new person? Like you're like, I just didn't want to. I was just, you know, high school is over. Let's Mm, let's move along here. All right. Let's. New Cut phase. those ties. New face. Mm. Um, but not far enough from my family where I couldn't yeah. see them. So it's a good good compromise, I think. And University of Maryland is pretty, I would say it's pretty diverse. Was it that you agree? I agree. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know the stats. I don't <laughs> Unfortunately, I did not look up the stats, but yeah, I had I had a good mix of friends there. Mm. And these are friends. Um, well, obviously, you made them outside of class, but did you? Because I know you, we talked about you had mentioned this earlier, but did like you mix these friends at all ever? Well, first of all, I made most of my friends in class. Well, I met most of my friends in a class. Okay. Just because I was in clubs doesn't mean I made friends in oh, the clubs. Oh, all right. See, I wanted to clarify that a little bit. Yes. I'm a clubby person, but, you know, hmm. not all, not most of my friends come from clubs. Interesting. Now, why would you, like, why would you not call your club people your friends? I usually, I usually drag my friends into the clubs <laughs> with me. Yeah. So uh, I would have someone there. Uh-huh. That's, that's usually how it goes. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so you met your friends mostly in class, mm-hmm. mostly black again, or did you have? No, it was more? a good, it's a good mix. Mm. I would say, of the core people I hung out with, like my first two, three years, probably half and half, half black and half white. Mm-hmm. And as far as mixing, I mixed my black friends. <laughs> <laughs> With you one and another, I mixed okay. My white friends. Hmm. Um, did I try to mix them together? If not, not, why do you think not? It's a good question. 
And were you like the only <laughs> black friend that these white friends? Mm, no, but um, because I usually only hang out with them one on one, I didn't really know their whole friend circles. Gotcha, gotcha. So I couldn't tell you for sure. Mm. Hmm. Well, I mean, you talked a lot about clubs and, you know, I think you're still thinking about why you didn't mix them. So we can. Yeah, I am I'm looking in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> into space. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe I like I, I just want to be comfortable. I hate being. Mm uncomfortable like especially when you bring like a large group of friends together and you're, yeah you're worried about people having a good time and yeah. people meeting each other mm-hmm. it's it gives me a little bit of anxiety because you're like you're the only connection like you're the thing holding the whole yeah, thing together like I'm a connect- so they're they're leaning on me mm-hmm. to so I, that's why i kind of avoid it mm-hmm. <laughs> so let me ask you um had you thought about going to um, an HBCU when you decided about college or did you have your sights set on University of Maryland? Honestly, I did not. And I wish I had considered it. Like no, nobody in my family encouraged me to do that. Mm. And the places I applied to, I mostly based on who, like the mail I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, colleges will send you mail, and you look at the brochures. You're like, "Oh, that's oh, that's interesting." Mm-hmm. I never heard of Washington University of St. Louis. <laughs> Maybe that's an option. <laughs> I think I did apply there just because of the brochure. Um, but yeah, I wish I had looked into it. I honestly did not look into it, and yeah, it wasn't. Um, suggested as far as I remember mm. so it's still it's still an option I you know I'm thinking about going to Howard for a master's just mm. to be in the club you know <laughs> <laughs> the HBCU club yeah, nice nice yeah I um I'm the first person in my family to go to uh college and so yeah my 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 uh my selection of colleges was uh, every time we went to dim sum we would drive by Drexel University so <laughs> that's how i knew that one hmm. um i knew i didn't want to go to university of pennsylvania which i also drove by no offense to people who go to <laughs> university of pennsylvania but i was i was like anti ivy league for some reason maybe because i knew i couldn't get in or i just like you know, that like high school snobbery I felt like may exist more in an Ivy League. So I didn't go, didn't even put them on my list. And then the, the two other schools I applied to was Penn State because it's a big um, in-state school. Um, but that was like three hours away in the middle of nowhere where, I mean, talk about predominant, predominantly white, like so, so white. Um, great school, very white. So I didn't want to, so I applied there and then I applied to a third university because I loved physics in high school and my physics teacher went there. And so that was my, that was my um, exposure. I didn't, I didn't, I got the catalogs, but I didn't apply to any of them. So it's really interesting. Like, I don't know if you want to talk about like how 
like no, how come what do you think no how come no one suggested an HBC, HBCU to you or why do you think you know like if you had received a brochure if things would have been different uh yeah so there are a few HBCUs in Virginia there's a couple in my area where I grew up Norfolk State University and Hampton University um there's Virginia State University in Richmond where my grandparents went. No, I'm sorry. That's Virginia Union University. That's where my grandparents went. And Virginia State University is another HBCU in Virginia. So, I mean, they were there, but nobody was pushing it. Hmm. And I, I, I think they um, just let me decide where I wanted to apply Mm -hmm. Mm because it was very random I applied to Virginia Tech because I went to a program and they were like you don't have to apply (laughs) based on your grades so I said okay (laughs) so I got accepted there just Uh because my grades are good I applied to University of Pittsburgh because their application was one page oh yes and I applied there (laughs) you know it was it was very random Uh um but I did get to visit most of them. And Maryland just gave me the, the best feels. Mm, mm. It was like the program I went to was super bright. There was colors everywhere. There was Testudo, the mascot. Everybody was smiling. I was like, oh, this is, this is so nice. Mm. People are actually happy because I visited another school um, where – People were like the students were literally miserable. <laughs> we won't name I that. Stayed, won't name that. <laughs> I won't name that school. The student, like you got to stay overnight with a a student on campus mm. and they like they put me on a cot in the middle of the living room mm. and then didn't talk to me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, and I that was the school I actually like accepted and told them I was coming. Mm. But after that, and after I went to Maryland, it was after the like the date you were supposed to tell schools mm-hmm. you were coming. Mm-hmm. And I called Maryland. I was like, Maryland, <laughs> man, will you still take me, Maryland? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, come on in. I was oh, like, okay, nice. thank you, Maryland. Nice. And my mom still gets mailed from that other school. <laughs> oh. I was like, if they send you a diploma, keep it. What? Just <laughs> you got your diploma right, but this diploma would have been top notch diploma. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, the school is MIT. Um, but yeah, I just wasn't feeling it, and Maryland mm. gave me the good feels. Nice. Lisa, you said the diversity wasn't that great. I mean, you weren't you weren't interested to to meet people of diverse backgrounds. Like they say, college is the place where you know you can meet lots of different people. Was mm-hmm. that not of interest to you? Hmm. Let me think. I mean, I might have sought out an Asian American 
group. And I don't think either I didn't find it or I found it and didn't go. Uh, let's see. Anything else? You were just not into the friend thing. Okay. I mean, I guess I really like, I don't know. I, I feel like I really became an introvert or I became really introverted. Lisa, my an introvert? Year. Wow. Yeah. Like really just like, I don't know if it was because like the shock of like, me feeling like the least cool person in the room. I was just like really intimidated, I think, by everyone. And so I just, yeah, I think I just really became introverted. And I mean, this, the one good thing about this college, uh, this Christian college group is that, you, you know, we started it from just a few people. And so I, I was able to take on like a leadership position in it and that gave me a lot more confidence and mm. a lot more uh, expressing myself as an extrovert you know being social and um you know able to like speak you know just like talk to strangers and stuff so and i guess as that you know change was happening like they became my circle that i was you know satisfied with like i didn't need like a whole lot else. And, and I think that there was a lot of, I mean, certainly there was, it was, a, there was a lot of uh, white uh, students in the group, but there was also Asian, there was black. Um, and so I felt it was sufficient. So no, I didn't, I didn't really seek out a whole lot of opportunities to like broaden my horizons, I guess you could say. It just, I didn't have that interest. Mm. Okay. Sounds good. So do you want to move on to grad school? Lisa, you and I both did a PhD program. Not at the same school, but no. Well I went to I went to Drexel again. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Lisa. (laughs) Have you okay, have you ever lived anywhere other than the Philly, DC area? No. No. Wow. Yeah. Well, you did. You say you lived in Taiwan. I did live in Taiwan. Yes. And I did. I did finish college, then go to Taiwan and then come back to grad school at Drexel University because Mm. I did move back home because that's okay when you're an Asian Chinese person. It's okay to live with your parents. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I mean, it's okay to live with your parents in any culture, but I think in some cultures, like you're 18, you're out, like not not in Chinese culture. Right. So it was okay for me to move back in. I did save a bunch of money on housing and food while, you know, getting an education. Uh, And, you know, I joined a professor who was not there as an undergraduate. So I felt like that was okay because she was like, you know, new blood. And she was she was Chinese. Um, And so, you know, we hit it off, I think. Mm. And I hear that's really important. Like if you have a you know, advisor who doesn't like you or that you don't get along with, you can have a really sucky time in grad school. Yes. Yeah. That so. is of high importance. Yeah. So, but uh, in grad school, I met, um, I think, an even more diverse group of people because grad school has a lot of, uh, has a lot of U.S. students, but also a lot of international students. And 
I broadened my horizons there. I don't think we spent too much time outside of grad school because one, I didn't live on campus, whereas some people did. Um, and two, I think we just like spent our time doing research because that's what you're supposed to like. That's all the time you had. You didn't have a lot of free time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. How about you? Uh, grad school, I think, went better than college for me. Wow, even better. Even better wow. in terms of like being social, you know, <laughs> the amount of friends. Like my, you know, my closest friends today are from grad school. Mm. Um, and where did you I go? I left <laughs> the east. Well, I guess it's still east. But I went to Georgia Tech mm-hmm. in Atlanta, Georgia, mm. which is a wonderful place. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined even more clubs. <laughs> in I did school. not not have the time in grad school. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I had I had a lot of fun in grad school. Good. I know good. not everybody has that experience, but mm. yeah, like you said, the the pool of grad students is more diverse mm-hmm. because of you know the international draw of, mm-hmm. of graduate degrees. Yeah, um, like the friends circle kind of starts with your research group because mm-hmm. you're kind of forced to be with them. Um, or not forced to be with them, but, you know, you kind of meet them first. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you have your classes, you meet people there, and then you get out to the clubs, you mm. see. And you make even more friends. Now, were you in undergrad clubs, or was it, like, specific? I was, I was in a variety of clubs. And <laughs> one of the clubs I joined, well, in college, I found, I didn't find out, but uh, someone put me, or I auditioned for a, a singing group. You are, oh. I had never sung <laughs> publicly before, but I, you know, I love to sing mm. to myself. Give us um, something And right I saw now. this ad for, you know, a, a gospel ensemble. Mm. And so I auditioned and I got in the group so that kind of built my confidence in singing so when I got to grad school I immediately sought out their gospel choir Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I joined that which was mm, I think I was the only grad student Uh uh mostly undergrad so I met (laughs) some some kids young impressionable (laughs) impressionable students there Mm. and were they mostly American black. black students okay yes Mostly American black students, black Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. And then I joined a Christian group in grad school um, for grad students. Mm-hmm. So I met a lot of different people there. And that was more of an international mix, of course, because it's grad school. Uh, so a lot of met a lot of different people from diverse backgrounds there. Um, I joined my graduate black black graduate student association. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I met a lot of black people there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had a lot of different avenues to meet people mm. and make friends. And you had to live on campus or like in an apartment there. You couldn't commute. Um, I did live in the grad student housing mm. for two years. Mm-hmm. Then I moved off campus and who did you uh room with or live with during those years during grad school years. on campus yeah uh 
they're from Chinese. They're from China. It was like, um, what do you call it? You know, four rooms and an apartment with mm-hmm. a common area. Mm. And yeah, the first year it was, I think, two or three Chinese ladies and one lady from Turkey. Mm-hmm. And then the second year it was all Chinese. So that was cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And were they from China or were they were they American? They were from China. They were most definitely from China. And was it like your first time meeting someone from China or living with them? And how did I? Oh, definitely go? living with them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in grad school, I was uh, failing a class. Because I was still in an undergraduate mindset that, like, the teacher was going to teach me everything. But, like, that was not the case. Like, I was expected to learn things on my own. And she was an African-American student um, from Ethiopia, I believe. And, like, we became fast friends. And she really, like, she taught me, like, how to take notes and how to, like, teach myself a subject which was like really important grad school so I kept touch with her after a few years but I think we've lost touch since yeah so would you call her a real friend yeah yeah we hung out I remember going over her house with my then fiance I guess you know she cooked dinner for us um yeah we we hung out we hung out after outside of class and, uh, and she helped me get an A in that class. So I really thank her because I almost quit. I was like, I'm quitting. I'm quitting grad school. It's too hard. <laughs> but she, you know, she talked me off the ledge with her ad- nice. sage advice. Yeah. I think that was my closest friend in grad school. Again, I just need, I just needed school. one. I All I need is one. <laughs> That's all you need? I think so. I have my family and then I have a one good friend in like a circle. You know what I mean? Like. You're my uh-huh. school circle slash outside. You know, like I met you at school, so we have a connection there. Uh-huh. I think I had one good friend in my childhood church circle. Um, and then let's see. No, that's good enough for me. I'm fulfilled, like just, you know, quality-wise like that. And then, you know, cool. I consider you a friend outside of work, so I have you. and you know I don't like I don't want to pin all of I don't want any of my friends to feel like I'm pinning my you know my my life my wellness on them you know it's like it's okay like I'm I don't need a ton of friends uh how about you well how would would how would you say your circle is now like those people you would you know go dancing with or go see a movie or just like call up and say, hey, are you busy? Like, do you have any of those friends now? Not in these corona times. No, of course not. Let's just pretend. We're not Let's just going pretend anywhere. life is normal. And just bask in that wonderfulness. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I have friends for different activities. Mm. And I think we all need that, right? Not one person mm-hmm. should be your be-all, end-all friend. 
Yeah, like I wouldn't go dancing with you. You wouldn't ask me to go dancing. I probably would not. No, because you know that I would say no. And yeah, also- and I, I and I hate hearing no. Like if <laughs> I I do. Really? If what I if I have if I have if if you said no to me before, mm. then I may not ask you again. Oh, so you like checking it off? Like, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Okay, they may not be interested in that. So okay, that's... you respect that. Opinion. I, I guess, yeah. Mm. So yeah, I, my go-to's are the people that I'm, you know, eighty-five percent sure they'll say either yes or, you know, you know, I really want to. Sorry, mm. I have this other thing. How about another time? Type of thing. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, I think growing up, we you know live in places where we don't des- we don't you know, typically have the choice to live because our parents chose to live there. You know, we don't have a choice of school. Um, Neither of us had the choice of school. Uh, And so, you know, I think college and on, we got to choose our friends. So do you think now, like now that you're a professional working out in the real world, like how do you think you choose your friends? And you can define the friends if you want to. How do I choose my friends? Yeah. I think it's it's harder mm-hmm. making new friends that, you know, become really good friends mm. once you're out of a constrained experience like college or grad school. Yeah. So, I mean, you do the best you can, like, you know, you meet people at church or you meet people in your different activities that you enjoy. Um, I, I I don't try to force anything. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, if, if people are naturally attracted to me and they keep, you know, I see them a couple times. It's like, oh, this might be a potential. <laughs> and let's, let's see if they'll do something outside of this activity Mm. (laughs) test it out test the waters yeah 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 uh so i know you've um had different jobs since uh graduating so have you like carried any of those friendships while changing jobs or you know mostly just work friends stayed work friends oh no my first real job out of grad school um i made a lot of good friends there Mm. And I keep in touch with it, like three or four of them. Mm-hmm. And were so, they mostly mm-hmm. white or black or no. mixed? They were not mostly white. <laughs> okay. They were, well, yeah, black and Asian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I had white coworkers who were friendly. Mm-hmm. But and here's and here's another qualifier to mm. see if it's a real friend. If if you if you if it wouldn't be awkward if it was just you two hanging out for lunch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If it's in a group setting, you know, it's cool, y'all could chat. Yeah. But if it was just you two, would it be awkward? Mm. That's a good one. That's a good qualifier. You know? Yeah. So I have you know, I had friendly white coworkers. Who, you know, we all, we would go out to lunch a lot as a group, as a mm-hmm. group. 
But I don't know if I would want to call one of them up and say, let's go to lunch, just you and me. Mm. <laughs> Probably not. Mm. And do you think that, I mean, you wouldn't, that's not in your nature to like, you know, start up, I guess, a friendship like that or a, a conversation like that. So what do you mean a conversation like I mean, like you wouldn't, lunch? you wouldn't be the one to call up a white coworker and say, do you want to hang out? Like you're waiting for well, them. It depends. It depends on if have you have that rapport. Have you built any rapport like that where you were comfortable enough to call up a white coworker? Coworker for lunch recently. <laughs> uh I I think so. Yeah. I mean if we if we were at work and I wanted to get lunch. There are a couple people that I would say, hey, do you want to grab lunch? Mm. One, because I know there are some people that just don't go out to lunch. They, mm-hmm. you know, they worry about their funds. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's another thing. My first job, people were always going out to lunch. Mm. It was like, let's forget work. Let's just go to lunch <laughs> all day. <laughs> With this, the job in now, people are more money conscious, you know. Mm. They don't want to spend all that money. But there are a couple people I would, you know, either go out to lunch or we would go get a coffee or mm-hmm. just hang out for a little bit during work. Ooh. Let me ask you this, okay, because I have an answer already for this. But, okay, maybe I'll give my example first. Go so I, um, I work with a majority white group. And we are... There's like a certain, there's a limited number of restaurants that we can all go to, okay? You know, we can go to like the American restaurant, Western, whatever you want, American pub kind of place, you know? We can go to Chinese food. But like, I would never suggest like sushi, you know, to them because that's just not like in their real house, you know? Um, So like for me, I mostly like to go to these other types of restaurants, you know, like uh, like sushi and uh, let's see what else. I guess that's the only thing they're not eating because like they'll go to Korean barbecue, they'll go like Indian buffet. But like, do you feel like you're? Do you feel yourself limiting your food choices when you go out with white coworkers or white people? Mm, depends on the white person. Huh. <laughs> my first job we were way more adventurous mm. and maybe because the age range was lower okay yeah in my old in my first job i was on the you know on the older spectrum even mm. though i wasn't you know i just got out of grad school mm. they hired a lot of people right out of college so oh i see a lot more adventurous there mm-hmm. uh, it just depends on the person like yeah, you have yeah. to see what they'll they'd be into Mm. and for me it's not as much you know Chinese sushi type thing it's like vegetarian friendly Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a whole different culture (laughs) it's a whole I can't it's it's hard finding friends that will go to a vegan restaurant with you Mm. but that has nothing to do with black and white no right yeah (laughs) it's just just came to my mind it's just a shame (laughs) <laughs> but you lisa you did go to a chinese vegan restaurant yes 
you were even kind enough to explain to us, you know, the different dishes and how they related to the the real meat dishes and which one would be good. You were very helpful. So you you made the list on that. (laughs) I am, I would like to say that I am open to all cuisines. That's good. You know, willing to try anything, I think. I think I have a handful of friends at work that I can hang out with after outside of work, which would include you, Jasmine. Uh, and I think that, you know, like my closest colleagues, we do hang out after we do hang out outside of work to do like, you know, pick a picnic every summer or um you know, if there's like a, like if one, if, if one person's having a party, they might invite all of us, they might not. So we feel comfortable doing that. But I know certainly there's not like that camaraderie is not the same throughout, you know, my workplace. So yeah, I think it just depends on the people, right? It's not like a, you know, this, this group is all Chinese. So they all hang out after work. No, that's not true. You know, we're a mostly white group and we still hang out after work and I hope that if I was in a different group that would happen too because I kind of I like having that comfortable work environment where you know you respect one another but you also don't despise one another right it just makes work easier funner right easier to go have you yeah have you ever experienced any uh racism or any discriminatory actions against you in the workplace? So in my workplace, I don't, outwardly, I don't think there is, I have not experienced it. Uh, But I think when I go to conferences where the population is much bigger than my organization and there's, and these conferences are mostly, you know, professional organizations that have been typically white men, then I feel more isms there, you know, not just race, but I feel more like sexism and ageism since I am, you know, younger than the people who established this society. So I have to be like really kind of who cares, you know, I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to participate whether or not you'd like it kind of attitude. I have to exhibit in those settings. And maybe now too, just, you know, if you don't like it, I'm not going to shy away. I'm not going to not be me and express my opinions because you don't like it. Whether or not I know you don't like it, I don't, I don't know. I'm just going to pretend like it doesn't matter to me. How about you? I don't recall. I I get some microaggressions. Oh. But I don't I don't recall any like You wanna give an example? I mean you kinda gave one example 
a couple of time, a couple episodes ago when like people would, or that one person would greet you with a greeting that was different than everyone yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to share? It's like one example is, I guess as a black person, as the only black person in your group or even in your building, one of the mm. few black people you you're supposed to know black things. And I remember one time in a in a group meeting, it was was it it was either Martin Luther King's birthday or the date of his assassination. Mm. And uh, my group likes to do days, you know, this day in history. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he goes down the list of things that happened on this day, and he's like. Yeah, this is the day Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. And he looks at me like, right, Jaslyn? Right? <laughs> I was like, this is a momentous day for America. What? Mm. <laughs> yeah. So stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I get comments on my hair. Um. A lot. And not necessarily negative, but just a, not a fixation, but... You know, why are you commenting on my hair? Mm. No need. Mm. Yes, your hair looks the same day in and day out. <laughs> it's, you have a, a shortcut hair and it doesn't change. Yes, my hair changes. There's no need to comment on, on it every week. I mean, I think that's because you're also a woman, you think? Because like if I, so like I no, don't No, women my... do it to me. You know, right, so. I know because like women notice changes i mean for me like when i dyed my hair from black to blonde i mean i definitely got a lot of comments you know and so you made some big waves with that one (laughs) (laughs) it was just all up and down the hallway uh it was big for me okay because i don't really dye my hair um but like even now like you know on the video calls you know people are like oh you change your hair like these are men who say it and it's like no i'm just growing it out my roots are showing like i don't Yeah, it's true? funny. A lot of white people, you know, if I had changed my hair in any way, did you mm. did you get a haircut? <laughs> That's like the only thing that can be done to the hair is a haircut. Mm. It literally looks longer. No, I did not get a haircut, mm. but it is different. I mean, I I point out when men get their haircut. That's a that's a kind so of it's thing. A, it's like a thing in my group. Well, for me, mm. it, it doesn't need to be a thing. Gotcha. There's no need. Yeah. Especially if it's every week. Mm. And like, do you think they know that? Or do you think that you have to tell them? Like, how are you going to stop that from happening? I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. Mm. Like if I comment on your hair, which I have, when you put the uh, purple yarn in there, was that like too much? You're like, Lisa, like, like, I don't want to talk about my hair. No. I mean, I guess it was shocking. The purple hair purple. or me saying it? <laughs> no, I guess purple is different enough mm. where maybe I'll get comments. Mm. You would expect a comment. Mm-hmm. But just styling my hair differently. Mm. No different color. Mm. No added hair. Gotcha. No haircut. It's just a different style. Mm. Well, I mean, I'll be more cognizant of that as well. Because I don't think that... I can change. I mean, I could dye my hair a different color every week, but, you know. 
But like you said, like a, a typical white male coworker is is just going to cut it short. Like they're not going to come in like, you know, with a perm and and then not a perm, right? That would be funny though. <laughs> okay. Anything else? I mean, you talk about microaggressions. Is there anything like just outright in your face racism that you've experienced at the workplace? Not that I can recall. Hmm. Again, I have rose-colored glasses. Hmm. <laughs> Did you say rose-colored glasses? Yeah, and that's what it's called. Yes, it and is. You... Yeah. Hmm. And do you think we should wear rose-colored glasses, or do you think we should want to see it or seek it out? No, seek it out. Like find ways in which... Okay, so, like, there's a lot of equity talking, right, a lot. And, you know, I think we have, like, a contractor looking at disparities in promotion, you know. And if, like, I find out that there's a large disparity in, like, Asian promotion versus white promotion, like, what am I going to do about it, right? Should I – like, what can I do about it? What do you think our role is in that? If once we have that information. I mean, I guess you can work on it through whatever avenues are available. If that's your thing. And I don't know if just because you are a woman or just because you are black or Asian and there is um, an equity problem at your job that you're automatically supposed to be the one to to fix Mm -hmm. it and work Mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you didn't create the problem. Mm-hmm. 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 But if you if you want to do something about it, I'd you know I would encourage you to do that. Mm-hmm. My thing is recruitment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I go to conferences like the National Society of Black Engineers conference um, to recruit and spread the word about my organization and try to try to increase the diversity of the. Mm-hmm applicant pool but I don't think the burden should be on you know the the people, people. who are affected yeah necessarily mm. I think they should have a choice okay. and they shouldn't feel bad gotcha gotcha you know yeah 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 that's very wise of you what are you gonna do about Lisa um I'm gonna think about it and then see if I can do anything about it. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that, yeah, I think growing up, I don't know if you heard this message, but I heard this message like, you know, we need more women in the C-suite, you know, the corner office. We need more women. We need for Asian Americans in leadership, you know? And like, I was always like, eh, but I don't want to be you know, in this, like, I don't want the responsibility of being in the C-suite or, you know, being a, an, a, an organizational leader. But I guess my my view has changed. You know, I feel like I should reach for those because someone else might see me and then have hope that they can do that too. You know, so I'm almost 
I've like flipped, you know, I'm like, ah, I don't want to be the token, you know, Asian American leader, female leader, like, like, I, I originally didn't want that. But I think I now I do because I do want to be in a place where I can affect change. You know, I have hiring um, powers and, you know, maybe inspire someone to, you know, do something if, if they hadn't thought about it before. What do you think? Um, I agree that it's good to be an example, especially if you looked for those when you were younger and didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't go for something that I really didn't want to do just because no one else is doing it. Mm. I think you could be an example as you are. Mm. You have a PhD, Lisa, in engineering. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm still willing to do something. I mean, nothing like, you know, crazy, uh, you know, out there. But I think I'm willing to take on positions I wouldn't have just because I want to be the woman in the room. I think I want to do that. I think I would do that. Yeah. Good for you, Lisa. Go for it. Thanks. (laughs) So, Lisa, how do you think your friend, your circle of friends or your lack thereof <laughs> Since you have no friends, has affected your your outlook, your perspective on life in America. Mm. So, I so like you said earlier, you know, I think it's really hard for post college, post grad school people to find friends because you're just not like in those circles like twenty four hours a day, right? Um, and I think that because of that, because I haven't, you know, made, like, I'm not like in like a community club right now. Uh, Though I did try to join my neighborhood book club, but then that, then that got too tiring because I couldn't read the book in a month. So, you know, I did try to like, you know, get out there in my, in my, in my community. You know, I became a Girl Scout leader so I could like meet other parents in the school. Um, But like, I haven't like made any good friends out of those. So I think because of that, you know, the, my outlook in life has been whatever social media that I'm consuming. Uh, And that's largely a a factor of what I'm choosing to look at as social media as well. So And, you know, you you understand my appreciation of the movie, uh, Just Mercy. So that really changed my outlook. Um, that, uh, that forced, not forced me, that encouraged me to add other influences into my social media life. You know, following different people, different voices. Um, you know, not just like the friends I've known since high school. And so that's really helped broaden my outlook. Uh, and, you know, I remember when I first met you, I might have come off too strong because <laughs> I can be that way. Uh, but, like, I kind of knew that we were going to get along, you know. Mm. I'll love you for that way. Uh, and we have. I think I, I did. Okay. All right. <laughs> 
And so, but like knowing you and being part of all your clubs has broadened my horizons as well. So I think I probably am not going to become the extrovert that you are. Like I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be like, now I'm going to like go out and like join all these clubs. I think I'm. You think I'm an extrovert? Well, I mean, you're social. I'm very, like, I am social. I have the appearance of being social. You do. And I have a, <laughs> I have the appearance of being an extrovert. And <laughs> right. Not, not true. Uh, I'm very, like, shy in uncomfortable situations. Like, this book club, I hardly spoke at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I need to, like, I had, and I was only there for, like, I don't know, three or four months. So I didn't get a chance to really, you know, know my get to know my 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 place there um yeah so i i am happy that i am you know learning more and reading more and opening my horizons i certainly don't want to stop here but i don't think that i'm going to be searching for more friends hmm. do you um, think friends are in a important oh yeah part of like shaping your perspectives oh yeah maybe that's why i haven't made you had more friends Mm. you would have had a different mindset earlier or what do you think yeah yeah i mean i think you're you're right if i would have made you know a good set of diverse friends and you know they were like posting about, you know, social justice and racial justice issues on Facebook, then I would have read that sooner, I think. But because, you know, most of my friends were just posting about their kids or, you know, about um, positive news and stuff, then I didn't see that and I didn't look for it. So, I I mean, I, I definitely agree with you that friends shape what you're exposed to, not just like on social media, but like the conversations you have. And how so, about you? Like, well, sorry, well, go ahead. Would you, would you do it differently? Would you do it all again? Would you change anything? Hmm. I mean, I don't like to live my life with regrets, I guess. So I don't think I would change I don't know if I could change my personality to like want to reach out more, but if I would change one thing, it would be paying more attention to the stories that were shared. Like I have one specific um, friend on Facebook who posts a lot of articles on um, social justice, racial justice, and I would I would tend to just scroll past, you know, or just read the headline and like you know be sad or mad, but not like read about it, read the actual article. So, you know, if I would change one thing, it would be to care more about what she was sharing and not and it's not just like part of a, you know, because Facebook can just be like unicorns and rainbows and not talk about real stuff. So I I would have. Red. Yeah, what is it called? The algorithm? The more... Oh, yeah. They just show you, you know, the 
the post you most react to. Yeah. It just yeah. gets more insular. Right. As time goes on. Right. Just like, you know, if you like the birthday wish, then they're going to show you more birthdays and pictures of birthdays, right? But, you know, if you click on the news stories, which I am, I'm, I'm going to the news section, I'm clicking on more news stories and about, you know, police violence, violence um, in general, you know, that I know more about it and I can hopefully be more educated when it's time to, you know, go into action, you know, which, which is whether it's like speaking up at a council meeting or, you know, when it's time to vote. Yeah, this is the, it's a, it's a change, the beginning. So that's our show. Thanks so much for listening. I think for today's Better World Nuggets, this conversation about friendships made me realize that friendships are important. Um, They can expose us to different cultures and also expand our knowledge of the world around us so I think if you have a friend you should keep them close and don't shy away from making new friends especially someone who you could learn something from Lisa do you have a better world nugget yes uh, my better world nugget is uh, very similar to yours, Jaslyn, in that um, our friends, because we live in such a social media online world, you know, even pre-COVID, um, our friends that we have online uh, really shape what we view and what we read. And so for my Better World Nugget today, I'm going to, you know, make it a point to continue to add more voices to my social media streams so that I can keep learning. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Racism's Podcast. Before you go, be sure to like, subscribe, download, and rate us wherever you're listening to this to stay up to date on new episodes and to help us spread the word about our podcast. Ratings and reviews really help others find our podcast. And please let us know how your friendship circles have changed over the years and how they've influenced your perspectives on the world. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Racisms Podcast and on our blog, racismspodcast.wordpress.com. Remember, that's racism spelled R-A-C-E-I-S-M-S. Peace, everybody. Be safe. Music for this episode was created by Jaslyn Duke and Kyle Carson. This episode was produced and edited by Kyle Carson. Wow, I can't believe that took two hours. I mean, we we discuss our whole lives we- basically. <laughs> so it's true. If it finished up in thirty minutes, that would have been sad. <laughs>